to Alpha Podflight, the podcast where every episode I'm joined by a guest and we discuss a single issue of the comic Alpha Flight. I almost said the podcast Alpha Flight. The comic Alpha Flight. This time I'm joined by Kate. Kate, could you introduce yourself? Yes, uh, I'm Kate Dowling and I write stuff. Um, sometimes comics, uh, sometimes not comics. Uh, currently working on plays for a change. Okay. Um, I didn't do that. No, good stuff. What play are you working on? Uh, I'm. If you well, to... as you know, yeah. <laughs> as you know, many irons always in the fire, uh, and um, I'm waiting to hear back on a commission about women's body image. Okay. Um, which looks at three generations of women and how uh, society and themselves and other women and other people and their families uh, focus on their appearance. Oh, right. That sounds cool. Yeah. All right. Um, but we're not here to talk about women's body image. No. Oh, well, we might do in a bit. <laughs> we might do. Oh, we might do, though. Yeah. Um, but we're here to talk about Alpha Flight number 20, which came out in March 1984. Um, the title is Gold and Love Affairs, which I mentioned on a previous podcast a long time ago, because um, it's a very fancy title and it includes the proverb that it quotes at the bottom. Um, John Byrne was the right artist, had Keith Williams doing background inks, uh, Rick Parker on letters, Andy Yankus did the colours, Denny O'Neill was the editor and Jim Shooter was the editor-in-chief. And... Uh, just to fill in space in the bar that they've used, they've written Giants Among Men, uh, which is nice. Uh, yeah, so it's, we coming back to John Byrne, I think it's the first time in a while that we've done a John Byrne issue, which I don't know if that means anything to you, Kate. Um, well, yes, one of the sort of founding fathers of comic art, maybe. Yeah. Certainly of that era. Of this era, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, he was responsible for the first 20 eight or 29 issues of alpha flight um but yeah so uh could you give a rundown of what happens in this comic i can yes oh sorry no wait i forgot to ask you a very important question which was what what was your history and knowledge of alpha flight before i asked you to come on the podcast nothing nothing and then i wondered whether or not i should research it a bit so i knew something about it and then got entirely thrown by the fact that it's set in Canada and thought that it might prejudice me even more finding out more about why it was there and (laughs) in that so pro-Canada or anti-Canada well anyone who watches how you met how I met your mother knows the Canada thing where one of the characters only one of the characters from Canada and they're always yeah let's go to the mall yeah, let's go to the mall and yeah. all that. So um, I think that's why I stopped um, researching it. So Right. I've got mm. well into Canada recently because of Alpha Flight. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I've been reading. Uh, Douglas Copeland did a set of sort of they're like books about Canada for Canadians. And the idea is that if you're really Canadian, then you'll get the references he's making. So, right. um yeah, they're called Souvenir of Canada, and oh. and they're brilliant. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm well into Canada at the moment. Uh, yeah, so sorry. Do you so want was... me to do the the? Do you want me to summarise the issue? Yes, please. I was getting carried away with talking about Canada. 
So it starts off by Sasquatch logging in the Rockies, non more Canadian. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to help build a a, a sanitarium. And just as he's sort of finishing the logging, Aurora arrives and she has lots of banter with some lumberjacks. And then uh, Sasquatch leaves and he's sort of reflecting on the fact that Aurora's powers have been modified and also that he's starting to have uncontrolled rages. Yes. And then there's a a sequence where um, the other members of Alpha Flight are talking about the arrival of a talisman and then lots of other relationship and leadership stuff. And then all of a sudden, Aurora's in a speedboat in a bikini and then she's going to this island to look at potential headquarters with Walter. Yeah. And then Walter disappears in into uh, the pitch black and Aurora finds um, a room full of gold statues, but then realizes that they're actually people trapped inside gold and they're all all still alive. And then um, Gilded Lily appears, uh, Lillian Van Loot and Walter's gilded at the end. Yes. The end. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. It's um, yeah. Weirdly, not a lot happens in this. I really like this this issue. It's one of my favourites, but there's not a lot of plot in it. No. Um, which you get occasionally, because um, it's leading on to bigger plots further down the line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. I was... mean, I I really like the end. <laughs> I, I I do like it all as an in, as an issue. But I I really like the Gilded Lily character, and it's yeah. sort of the the cover. I think I'll talk about the cover last because that'll sort of keep people waiting for a a, a revelation, maybe. <laughs> okay. Uh, hopefully. Um. But the beginning, the the cover has has, has got sort of like a, a B movie tagline on it, where it says "Mysterious menacing macabre Gilded Lily try to forget her!" Exclamation mark. Yeah. She's literally just in a few frames at the end. So, yeah. Did you, in your research, did you look up who she is? No. Okay, that's fine. Not yet. I won't spoil that then. Well, because I was thinking about getting the next issue and then, and then sort of having more of a revelation myself than, and and actually reading it rather than just typing into Google and seeing who she is. Um, that's what, that's I, I think I've got a spare copy of it knocking about. If I can oh, find well, it, I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, that's like a sort of a B movie tagline, something like yeah. uh, blob or something. You know, try to forget her. It's, it's yeah. a, and then she's literally just on the final end pages. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's quite interesting in terms of that she's like the feature on the cover. Um, so I do I did like that about it. But there's all sorts of I want to say weirdness, but I'm not <laughs> sure that's the right word. No, that, that's that's the right word, I think. Sort uh, of I mean Aurora. Yeah. I was a bit thrown by wearing a bikini on a boat. Because, particularly because Walter looks a lot like Robert Redford in the seventies. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. I didn't know whether that was intentional, but he really does look like Robert Redford. So and it, Walter being Sasquatch, um, he is supposed to be, he's an ex-American uh, football player. Oh, right. okay. He's very rich, he's very successful, and, and yeah, he's supposed to be super handsome. So it, it makes yeah. sense that he would have been drawn off people like Robert Redford, yeah. yeah. Um, so that sort of explains the speedboat then. 
Yeah. Um, it doesn't quite explain why he feels the need to wear a captain's hat. No. But, um, yeah, that's his prerogative. As, <laughs> as, as a world-famous nuclear physicist, uh, he can God, wear what he likes. Isn't I've it? just noticed that his boat is called Gamma Gal. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, in the scene, looking at the page, when you first see Aurora in her bikini... Yeah. Her ass is pointing at the boat and uh in the next panel. And you can just see it written on the on the edge of the bow. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've just noticed that. A uh, little in joke because he he got his Sasquatch powers by doing gamma radiation testing on himself. Right. Yeah. I mean, I find Aurora a bit strange. Yeah, go on. Um well, I mean, he's sort of hinting at a duality and saying, isn't it strange that um, she's speaking in French a lot now? And then, you know, um, she used to not have a trace of a French, a French accent. But like from the start of this issue, she's dropping in the mascarille. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, I mean, you know, talk about laying, laying it on thick to be a sort of a... I mean, presumably she's French-Canadian, not just French. She, yeah. So up and so... Uh... So Aurora, as a character, has split personality disorder. Right. uh, Which she does talk about in the issue, but um, it's not really... Unless you have read her dealing with it or explaining it, which is... Does she ever wear many clothes? No, so Aurora is supposed to be a flighty, flirty, free-spirited, devil-may-care character who uh, isn't scared of her sexuality, uh, isn't scared of being sexy if she feels like it, uh, and so her wearing not many clothes is just like a way of drawing that. Uh, yeah, and that's so um, when you see her turn up and see all the lumberjacks, that's yeah. her brand new costume. She used to have a full body black and white number. And this is she's Did you just... notice that one of the lumberjacks is a woman. Yeah, one of them is um, who was waiting for. So we learn from the Lumberjacks dialogue that she is the daughter of the crew boss <laughs> and she has a crush on Northstar apparently. Oh right, yeah, she does mention him, doesn't she? Yeah. Wish she'd and that's uh, Aurora's uh, twin brother. Yeah. Um, but that, So, I mean, what's happened here is that in the preceding issues, they've had a falling out and uh, Aurora has decided that she doesn't want anything. So their powers used to be, uh, well, yeah, their powers were connected. So if they held hands, then they'd like, issue a, a blinding light. Right. And uh, But she decided that she'd had enough of him. And so she asked Walter to do some science on her to break right. the to break her the, the link between her and her brother, and that's changed her power slightly. So now that's, she. So that's why he's reflecting on the. She's yeah. getting more French again, and. Yeah, that's it. Right, okay. Because the last time you saw Aurora before this issue, she was in a person-sized test tube in a lab. Oh, okay. Uh, be it having a test done on her, and Walter was like, "I'm not sure I should do this, but I'll do it anyway." Because he's, yeah, it's just comic book science, isn't it? So, uh, yes, but she does have split personality disorder. The the testing that Sasquatch has done seems to have combined the two personalities more. So it used to have Jean-Marie, who spoke only in French, if she could help it, and was very... 
prim and proper and reserved and conservative. And then the flips and didn't have superpowers. And the flip side of that was Aurora, who is this person. So what we've got here is sort of a combination of the two. So it's like a sexy Jekyll and Hyde thing going on. A little bit, yeah. Yes. Oh, it's quite convenient that she doesn't want to wear many clothes, isn't it? Um, it's, con- it's, con- it's convenient for this character, I think. Okay. Um, the other the other female characters in Alpha Flight don't get sexualized as much. So, I mean, Snowbird is called beautiful, but at the same time, she's got a very bizarre outfit, which isn't very sexy. Um, and Heather's wearing long sleeves, even. Yes, uh, Heather's Heather's very sensibly dressed. Uh, Talisman. Her outfit is. It's not too bad. It could be worse. Um, but yeah. Uh, and who was there another female? Oh, Marina. But she's not in this because she's run off to, to get married to, um, the Prince of Atlantis. So yeah. So Aurora is like on purpose sexual as a character okay yeah um yeah so that's aurora who who is um sasquatch i this sequence right at the start so i'm saying what i like about this um the sequence right at the start where he smashes up the the rockies and creates uh, a landscape where they can build the sanatorium yeah i really love that sequence i mean i think it's it's very interesting visually in terms of and it's quite abstract, so I can see why you would it would appeal to you. Like, yeah. there's a frame on page three, which is um, like splinters of wood f- that fracture through the the frame. You've got a long frame across the top of page two and three, and then um, the bottom four panels are all wood fracturing through the yeah. frame, which actually makes it look quite abstract. So I can see why that would have, would appeal to sort of your abstract. Yeah, that's sensibility. it exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, my comment about him is it must have been really difficult to draw because of all his fur. He is really difficult to draw because I've tried to draw him just because he's a fun character. But his proport is like a horse in that his proportions yeah. don't make sense. No, but, but the, the, the fur must be very difficult to, to draw and ink. Yeah, um, but I, if you look at it, because he looks really hairy, but if you look at how much ink has been put in, is actually quite conservative. There's not yeah. a lot of drawing gone in to making him look hairy. Yeah. Uh, which is good. Um, the other thing I really like about, other than, I've, I can see why he's got these long crotch tassels. <laughs> it's like a fur loincloth. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is disturbing. And when he's, it, yeah. when he's drawn from a distance, you do wonder what's going on in the frame. Um, yeah, but I also really like the way he's drawn is that he, when he's drawn like move, like running, he doesn't run like a big person. He runs like a gigantic ape. Yeah. He's got a really interesting way of, of moving. Yeah. Uh, and I like this version because he's, he's the jolly Sasquatch. He's always, uh, the most cheerful super, like superhero in Alpha Flight, other than Puck, who really enjoys being a superhero. Uh, at this point, Sasquatch was always really happy and smiley, uh, except when he was having his, his crazed rages, which he couldn't control. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, because what, uh, with later artists, so 
people who've come on to draw Sasquatch, they've had a harder time, and especially into the 90s, they make him really monstrous and fierce, which uh, sort of goes against this initial incarnation of him. Right. But, yeah. I like his, um, as you say, the character's quite uh, affable, which presumably is a contrast to a lot of the other darker stuff. Yeah. No, he is. He's, he's very cheerful. I mean, he has every right to be cheerful because, as I said, he's a very good-looking, insanely rich nuclear physicist who has superpowers. And he's got a captain's hat. And he's got a captain's hat. What's yeah. not like? Well, yeah. Uh, he... Yeah. He's very lucky. Uh, and also, he's got a good-looking superhero girlfriend as well, and not many people can say that. Um... Yeah. So, uh, what what else have you got notes on? What? So, uh, my so, two questions are: What did you like? And what really, didn't you like? I like one of the letters at the back. Oh, because I'm reading this out of trade, so um, right. I haven't got the letters. What are the le- What's going on the, the letters, letters page? I'll try and read it. Yeah. Uh, it's very small print, and I'm not in very good light, but I'll try and read it. Okay. So it's uh, one of the letters in alpha waves at the back, and it says, "Dear John and Denny, what a super idea." I got to give you guys a hand. Making Wolverine the next leader of Alpha Flight is the best you guys have done since you knocked off Guardian. <laughs> he lists who will be the next leader and discredits all the most of the other um, uh, members of Alpha Flight saying they're not going to be the leader. So he's saying, uh, will Sasquatch be the leader? No way. He's becoming more of a Hulk every day. <laughs> I guarantee he'll break in the next issue. So obviously this is sent in before Walter's gilded. So yes. a little um, C. David Caravillo from Charleston, South Carolina is not part to that. Then then he says, Aurora, ha, don't make me laugh. <laughs> the last thing AF needs is two leaders, especially in one person. <laughs> and then North Star. That snob, he wouldn't take the position it was offered to him on a silver platter. Then Heather, absolutely not. Um, Marina, nah, she'll probably get uh, all lovey-dovey again. And then (laughs) Snowbird, crazy, she's so delicate. (laughs) And then apparently Puck can't do it either. Um, Leaves us with Wolvie. Uh, good go guy and then the reply from um from the editors is uh, you were one of about a million people who wrote in about <laughs> the theories as to the identity of alpha flight's new leader <laughs> really good to know that alpha um alpha flight had such a wide readership to get a, a million responses on who was going to be the next leader early just, days they did they had a yeah. massive readership but it's it's just you know when it's interesting to see things like that because people are so invested in the story. Yeah. Um. And and it's just it's just a really nice sort of snip into what people actually thought about it. No, um, it is. Yeah. Really like that. <laughs> but that one in particular was funny because you know they were it was just like discrediting everybody in Alpha Flight and wanted Wolverine to lead them. Yeah, um, and they. You get that type of fan who treats the characters as real people yeah. rather than characters who are being written by a person with their own agenda. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and I really enjoy it. I, I've said before that there's two types of Alpha Flight fan. There's the type of fan that you hope you'd get and the fan that you do get. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, like, so, um, uh, characters like Puck, who um, have dwarfism, and Aurora, who have um, mental issues, and the, so, so sort of issues are glanced upon in in the comic. So you'll, we'll sometimes get letters with people writing in sympathetically and say, saying, "I hope they get help with these issues. Yeah. It's nice to see things represented." And then you get people writing in saying, "Oh God, Northstar's such a snob. But can't you just kill him off?" Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, it, it, "This this guy, he seemed nobody would take Puck seriously." But it, I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's sort of thinking about a huge uh, range of readers. You'll get different people relating to different things. So, you know, as an adult readership, maybe even, you know, from a 21st century perspective, we're a long time on from when this this issue was released. Yeah. And it was always the case with with comic books, raising issues that were were very grown up and quite ahead of the time. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of respects. So including a really diverse uh, range of characters um, was perhaps more prevalent in comic books than it was in wider society. So th- yeah, this, that's, th- that's fair. Yeah. The fact that this guy is being very dismissive of everyone mm. um, and, you know, there's that tone in some of the letters that you've seen previously is, is not a surprise, really, mm. um, that it was almost like it was beyond what people could comprehend of what comic book characters were supposed to be yeah. like almost yeah i mean there's still there's still a lot of that around today but oh yeah loads I mean, of it, I, yeah. character who would who would have thought that in at this time that would be represented yeah um and also the i mean talking about that and the characters being treated fairly there's this sequence where i mean puck is clearly in love with heather yeah um, and then Shaman is like, uh, Heather will might reach out for emotional and physical support. Yeah. And Puck's like, no, look, I'm not, I won't let her. That's fine. And Shaman's like, no, that's what she needs. You, you, you can't reject her. Which is like, it's wise. It, it, it feels really wise. I mean, Shaman like is the wisest guy. Shaman is such a liability. I think it's, is Heather, is Heather Scottish? No, she's not. Oh. Well, I thought um, with being called Heather and saying things like we. Yeah, oh, I think. Yeah. I thought she might be Scottish because obviously there was a lot of Scottish. I think she <laughs> is probably a uh, of Scottish ancestry. Okay. Because it is Canada, so you're looking at maybe three generations yeah. of original settlers. So, um, yeah. And she's got ginger hair, so that automatically yes. makes her 50% more Scottish. <laughs> yeah, let's just stereotype Heather as being <laughs> Scottish. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she, at this point, she's still recovering from the fact that she watched her husband blow up. Well, he was called Mac, you see. Mac, yeah. So but he was... Scottish. He, was he Scottish? <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember where the Mac came from, because he's called James Hudson. I just wondered if that was like, um, you know, a reference to Canadian heritage from immigrant Very populations. Very possibly could be, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, 
the one thing that I did want to touch on in this issue is that there is a page and a half of totally black panels. There is, yes, there is. Um, so we, that's the bit we, where Aurora goes into the darkness to... Oh, no, the lights turn off while she's looking for Walter. Yeah. Uh, and then she sort of walks around chatting to herself because she's scared of the dark as well. That's, that's interesting. She says it's, it's, I mean, and quite cleverly and somewhat ironically says it's like being submerged in ink. Yes, I thought that was quite nice. Um, but this, it's almost a callback. There's an issue, issue number six, um, called Snowblind. There was five pages of totally white panels. Of white, yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a callback to that. Um, it's, uh, yeah. I just thought it was interesting that they, they play the same trick twice. But then you get a real contrast with the, the sort of going into the room full of gold as well. Yeah. Is it saying something about, you know, the, the sort of tagline, the golden love affairs? So so the quote that's from a Spanish proverb, uh, mm-hmm. golden love affairs are difficult to hide. Yeah. Is, is the dark page like a reference to, to the gold in that... Um, in that quote or is it just uh, like a visual device to lead her into that room full of golden statues um i'm not sure actually so gold and love affairs so what is that a reference to the golden love affairs bit is is it is it clear in other issues why why is that no It, it might just be um he looked up proverbs which had gold in them because right. he knew he had a gold character. Um, what love affairs are in this? So you've got the love affair of... Oh, well, I suppose... Okay, so love affair number one, the one that we follow through this issue, is Sasquatch and Aurora. Yeah. Um, the other one is Gilded Lily herself. Yeah. Uh, and her hiding in this house. Yeah. Because um, it's sort of thrown away, but Walter chats about the... Uh, the, the the house was built in 1896 by a great aunt on his mother's side. Yeah. She had eight or nine. She married eight or nine times, widowed under mysterious circumstances. And they just like chat about how the house came about. But that's that's Gilded Lily's autobiography. Uh, autobiography. That's her biography. And then one by one, she has um, each of her husbands. She's killed by in case they're in gold. Yeah. So it could be a reference to the fact that she is hiding gold and herself in these secret rooms in the in the mansion. It could it's be. It's a reference to Puck and Heather. It could be a reference to Puck and Heather, yeah. Because uh, that's the other love affair here. Um, but, well, yeah, because Heather never really cottons on to the fact that Puck is totally in love with her. Oh. Ever. Which is quite sad, but um, it's just the way it goes. Um, I think everybody else realises, uh, and it's not until Puck leaves the team in 30 issues time or so. It's um, I don't think he even reveals it. I think he tells her much later, in like maybe issue 60. Um, but I think she's unconscious at the time. This is me trying to remember comics I've read a few months ago, um, which is a bad idea because I invariably get them wrong. But no, there's 
the love affair between Heather and Puck never manifests. It's, it's totally unrequited on his side. So, which is one of the reasons why Shaman's advice, which is like, be prepared to get smooched by Heather, is yeah. bad because <laughs> it gives Puck. Because he's not so wise after all. No. Um, yeah, Sharp. Sorry, I need to start saying Shaman because I, I think that is the correct pronunciation. Um, he and I've been saying Shaman the entire time. Uh, he's always fluffing up. He gets everything wrong. I can't think of a single instance where he's got something right first time. Um, it, even in this issue, we're dealing with one of his catastrophic errors, which is where he just sort of made his daughter put on that headband. Yeah. And now she can't get it off. And then she, he says, oh, sorry, you know, and it's like, what well, you, you've actually, you're crippling her. Yeah. She's like doubled in pain, trying to take headband off, and he just says, he's sorry, he wished there'd been another way. But it's yeah. like, well, there obviously was. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't stick it on her. He's um, yeah, like the least wise shaman ever. Yeah, and the whole time... At, that's just coming off the back of Snowbird telling her that she's the Messiah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she can't even take headband off, so that's not very no. messianic. No, but she's a 19-year-old girl. She wants to go back to college to do her art, and now she's got she's to try and match outfits. She? she can't even take headband off. No, she's got to try and match outfits to this golden ruby headband. It's just... It's just that's not feet. Yeah. Um, I, the, in the, the 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 final, actually, it's the le- the second to the last page where you actually see Gilded Lily. I think, yeah. I think the the drawing of Gilded Lily as a character is amazing. It's um, beautiful, isn't it? I it's love, so nice. I love her. Um, I mean, particularly in contrast with um, uh, Aurora looking very Love Island in the bikini and high yeah. heels. Um, she's. The complete opposite. She's fully all you see is like her head, a, fa- a face in a massive sort of like old um, uh, uh, hood, and yeah. then a um, sort of like a flowing cape around her. You don't even see her, her arms. Um, uh, you just just see a face in most of the panels. You see Gilda Lily grab Aurora's hat, uh, wrist, mm-hmm. sort of restrain her, but that's the only thing you see of her. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's a really striking and and quite gothic look about her it is yeah she's got that 20s look that silent silent actress look Um, it's funny you mentioned that (laughs) i think the cover's referencing something go on i don't think it's referencing the 20s i think it's referencing uh marlene dietrich um in the 1930s okay um because you know when he sent this i sort of messaged you straight away and said I've seen I've seen that image yeah. before, so I was trying to find out what what it references, and I think it actually references um, some of the publicity shots from Marlene Dietrich in a film called Destry Rides Again, where she's like she's she's actually got her eyes. I mean, she's got a very sort of um, fantastic bone structure. So very high cheekbones like you see in, in Gilded Lily. But she's got her eyes half closed as well. Just, yeah. She's also got a cigarette hanging out of her mouth, which is missing from this cover. Um, and there's also um, some pictures of Dietrich in the 1940s in Paris where she's got a turban on. Okay. Um, and again, sort of very sort of shaded cheekbones. 
Um, and I, I just wonder if it's referencing that. Oh, I see. I think I've found, I'm sorry, I've been Googling while you've been talking. Yeah. And I can almost see the reference. Are you, are I, can, you, I can see exactly where you're coming from. It's that sort of again. sultry, yeah. half-lidded. Yeah. 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 Um, and also, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know if this is me making too much of a connection, but Marlene Dietrich sang Lily Marlene. Okay. In the 1940s. And it's what she's well known for. So were, were they looking for sort of a reference point for Gilded Lily and thought Lily Marlene and then thought, oh, actually, Marlene Dietrich's got a really good look? It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. It's a bit of a stretch, but I mean that the cover. I mean, I think the cover is really, really striking. And if anything, the tagline sort of spoils it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. I think if they didn't have that tagline on, it would be more affecting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just find, I just find, you know, it's very sort of screen siren um, of of some sort, very sort of almost film noir. Um, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's a really sort of. She's also got different coloured eyes. On the cover, she does. In the comic itself, she's got orange eyes. Um, but I've I've been flicking between that the last panel, not the last panel, sorry, the second from last panel, where you see that yeah. that face on, and the cover, and I think it's the same drawing. Yeah. Either they've drawn it big and then shrunk it down to put in the comic, or they've just um, enlarged that image to make the cover from. Because they, I, other than a few lines in the hair, which could have been lost through the photocopier, even the tiny they're identical. Marks. Yeah, the yeah. marks that sort of like define a nose are, are the same. Yeah. Um, but why wouldn't you? I mean, you know, it's such a affecting uh, panel. That panel. It is really striking. Yeah. If you you know to introduce a character, you would want to use it. It would be a shame not to almost. Yeah. Which is why covering that tiny bit of a face up with that mysterious menacing macabre girl <laughs> Lily try to forget her is is almost a shame. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a really it's a really striking cover that one. Yeah. Um. And she's a good character as well. So I, th- I think the guild. She seems to be the sort of character where she's been made, someone's doodled something and then built up a personality and character from that. So, so the way that her costume is, is sort of like a lily. So that big hood oh, is yeah. like... Oh, I get that like, now. I didn't get that before, you said. Uh, I'm just looking at it now. And then, so her head would be the, is it the ander? Is that the bit in the middle the of a lily? Yeah. The polony bit. That, that's it, yeah. So yeah. That, that's where that would be. And then the rest of her dress sort of like flows top, down in that yeah. art, art deco style. Is yeah. That right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably where the character started. Um, she is a fascinating character, uh, which I'll let, I'll let the next issue reveal. Yeah. Um, and she she, tur- she doesn't turn up very often. She turns up in this one and the next one, and then she turns up in uh, the annual number one. Um, so quite, uh, yeah, so a couple of years after this. And that's a bit sad because it seems almost like a waste of a really um, lovely, lovely drawn character. Yeah, <laughs> um, no. I have a lot of protect. Mind you, I suppose how much can you get out of a, 
character that turns people to gold, like a female King Midas sort of thing. Yeah, that's it. And um, it's she's a limiting superpower, I suppose. Her biography ties her to that house as well. Oh, okay. Um, so there's not a lot you can do with the actual character outside of the house. Okay. But um, no, I think what they do, what what John Byrne does in these two issues is really good. And then um, where so there's another writer who uses it again in the annual called Bill Mantlow. And when he uses her, he uses her um, kind of as a ghost. Um, he uses her to tell a haunted house story, basically. Um, but it's really good. It's really effective. And the next issue, it says, Love Wrought New Alchemy. Well, yeah. The new guest villain. Um, yes. Um, who is, do you want me to say who he is? It won't mean anything to you about. It's Diablo, Master of Alchemy. Oh. Uh, which is that loves wrought new alchemy. Is literally because they introduce an alchemist. <laughs> um, There's lots of metal-based themes going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does Walter get out? Yes, he does, yeah. So, because he, he... I can't remember how he gets freed, but he gets freed and... Because uh, he goes on to have lots of adventures, he gets turned into a lady uh, for a good few years. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so Sasquatch is—he still turns up in comics now. I think he's in—he's in the current run of Incredible Hulk. Oh. Um, yeah. So he. Well, that's, Sasquatch... very, that's very prophetic of this letter then saying <laughs> he's getting more he's like getting a bit Hulk too Hulkish. Yeah. I mean, you must be thinking I should have copyrighted that thought I, well I don't think his biography is that he was trying to recreate Bruce Banner's um, experiments so oh, he's literally okay. trying to be the Hulk and then came out orange instead and very hairy and very hairy yeah but um, he's sort of like the Hulk if the Hulk enjoyed being the Hulk right yes I get that so he's yeah. like the happy Hulk the happy Hulk yeah <laughs> Uh, and he was he was instantly popular as well. So he turned up in loads of other people's comics. Uh, not loads, but he had he guest starred in other people's comics before Alpha Flight One was created. So Alpha Flight started in the X Men, and then North Star, Aurora, and Sasquatch would turn up in other people's comics. Just turn up, have a fight, move on. Um, and then since he got written out of Alf, since yeah it just keeps on turning up at other places as well so yeah he's a well-liked character what is your favorite bit is it the um opening few panels with the sasquatch yeah that yeah it is yeah so between those opening i i also really like the dynamics between aurora and sasquatch immediately after that so she turns up Starts flirting with loads of lumberjacks. Yeah. Literally grabs one and smooches him. Yeah. Um, and then Sasquatch sort of playfully um, moves the lumberjacks out of the way and says, I think that's enough, Aurora. Ha, 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 And then she gets all huffy and flies off and leaves him to make his own way back. Because normally she would, like, he'd change back to Walter and then she'd carry him. She'd fly him right. off. But she, and so I really like that this sort of little... Uh, window on the relationship where he uh, yeah he often he supports her because she's obviously got a lot going on um, and he cheerfully gets along with it 
Yeah. Um, and doesn't mind that she just leaves him in the middle of the Rockies. Because it means he goes gets to go for a run, I suppose. Uh, well, but yeah, I do like that little. He's going to have a rage, so he probably would appreciate having a run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I like the I like the, I like the fact that you've started interviewing me about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I might facilitate a little bit. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, and. Uh, one thing that I do find is that we're still in the um, John Byrne has got he's often criticised or at least commented on that he doesn't draw backgrounds in mm. so he uh, maybe once a page he'll draw a background into a panel and then the rest he'll let the story tell itself without constantly being reminded that they're in a kitchen yeah whereas for this issue he's been he's still got um, Keith Williams on backgrounding, sort of filling in bits behind the characters. Yeah, because the, the, the scenes in the house are actually quite detailed. There's one page where yeah. they're in a corridor, which there's all sorts going on, yeah. like furniture and doorways and panels, walls and things, which are... Yeah, family very... photos, all sorts. Yeah, but they're like almost too much, really. I mean, I prefer the more pared-down bits where... Um, yeah. No, on the I, action there's I can, no distraction I, I can see that yeah I, I mean these scenes with Heather and Puck having a chat would work just as well without seeing a table with a bunch of fruit on the yeah it's very it's very kitcheny yeah <laughs> um yeah was there anything that you didn't like about the issue um I don't really like Aurora's bikini okay <laughs> that's fair enough um I mean, I suppose it does. It's it sort of explains, you know, saying that she's, you know, free spirited, uh, wanting to wear her own thing, whatever she wants. Yeah. Um. I mean, she does. She does make a comment when she's on the boat that um she's a bit cold. Yeah. And but it's not surprising, really. <laughs> I mean, well, that, until she had her... a... <laughs> no, until she had her powers. Uh, yeah. Change, then she she wasn't affected by temperature. Yeah. But now she is. But um, in terms of, um, I mean, me me being sort of a girl reading it, the the the, the reasons for her um, lack of clothing is rather convenient for the male gaze. Right. Um, you know, um, the fact that she's on a boat in a bikini is is. No, I can totally see that as well. I, I, the, I get where you're coming from. I'm not. You sort of just well, I was sort of thinking, you know, you, you're thrown by that rather than a character traits. You, you know, yes. you're not, you know, I, I. And you're thinking, why, why is this bloke fully dressed at the side of a, a woman in a bikini, which yeah. is sort of, almost like a, a typical uh, criticism of comic yeah. art. Um, you know, it's almost like, you know, like the Conan, the barbarian with the scantily clad woman at the side of it. It's that sort of almost like caveman-y thing. Um, but, I mean, I get, you know, it's a, it's a, I suppose it's a plausible reason, but it also seems like a convenient one. Um, yeah. Considering that most of the readership would be male, um, the, it's all men involved in this uh, yes. Too. And it's interesting that, I mean, you said that, you know, it's a nice little giants amongst men comment on 
um, at the side of the credits. But what did it? What right? Because women are involved in in some of the issues, aren't they? Yeah. What did they write then? Uh, I don't know. Nothing really. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but, I'm mean, trying to think. I don't want to get overtly feminist about it because I mean yeah. I'm, I I like you know I like the fact that there's a lot of very active women in it. Um, obviously Heather's in the leadership role and um, I like the way Gilda Lily's obviously the sort of evil protagonist in it. But Aurora sort of throws it out of the water for me. I can I can see that because uh, you could have her lines about her not expecting to feel the cold as much yeah. without putting her in a bikini. Yeah. I do get that. In in some ways, maybe it was to make her more vulnerable when she's inside this creepy house. Maybe. But even then, it's you don't. You, it's not necessary to make sort of. I know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of Carry On Camping. <laughs> right. It's a bit Barbara Windsor doing yeah. the um, flinging her arms out and a bikini top flying off. It, yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit, it's almost a bit old fashioned. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is quite, quite carry on. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's what I didn't like. That's fair enough. Um, that's, that's totally, that's totally valid. But I mean, um, you know, if you you would give her, um, you know, she can wear what she wants, but you know, a man I, has decided I, I to make her wear what she wants. Yeah, that this, yeah, I get yeah. It. It's 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 sort of thinking, well, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's not it's not we're not talking about we're talking about a a, a drawn a drawn character that's um, manipulated by. Uh, a male editorial. Yeah. No, I, to- I totally get it. <laughs> um, which is, um, you know, puts a really different perspective on it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it does also, I mean, looking at this, uh, I'm trying to be as, as kind as possible, it does mean that there is a contrast then between her as supposedly a modern for the 80s woman Right. And and Gilded Lily, who is, uh, so what we're we saying, like early 20th century. So Art Deco, but all you can see is her face. Yeah. So she's sort of almost like the opposite to Aurora. Yeah. Where, um, so there is that contrast between the two. And maybe that was on purpose. But being an 80s, an 80s modern woman, she would be having, you know, she would be like shoulder pads and a power suit. She'd be like Joan Collins in Dynasty. Yeah. But then the I suppose that's... Woman. No, I know. Um, <laughs> and But she, ne- well, Aurora never dressed like that. Other characters do. I'm, I'm sure that um, at some point Heather's got, got a power suit. I bet got shoulder pads. Yeah. I'm sure she breaks out a power suit at some point. Yeah. Um, uh, she actually looks yeah. like Deirdre Barlow in there. <laughs> she does. There's massive old glasses. Don't do a lot for her. <laughs> Read the Weatherfield one. Um, <laughs> bless her. Uh, I really like Heather. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, I've just no- sorry. While we we're talking, I just mm-hmm. wanted to say quickly that I noticed something really clever in the house is that 
um, there's a scene where I don't know what page it would be on some of the page numbers, but um, they've just entered the house and yeah. Walter is in the foreground of a long top panel and he's watching Aurora walk down the corridor. Yeah. And then in the mirror, you can see the silhouette of Gilded oh, Lily. Yeah, you can. Yeah. I just noticed that. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, lots of there's lots of gold in the panels. Yeah. Um. So, to sort of hint, there's something to come. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, uh, what else is there to talk about? There's the creepy. Uh, I don't get the uh, biology of people being kept alive inside gold. Because there's a panel here where we see someone's eye, which means yeah. it's alive inside the golden statue. Yeah. Um, well, it's just magic. You have to go with it. I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> um, but it is creepy at the same time. It is. It is a bit. Just seeing his terrified eye. Right. No! It says. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it also contrasts with so the actual statue is a stoic man in a... A deer stalker hat with a big old beard yeah. and a pipe. Yeah, they are they are quite strange. There's a quite camp looking um, sort of Napoleonic guy. Yeah. And then there's a Sherlock Holmes. There's a guy that looks like somebody out of Rent a Ghost. You know the Wardian <laughs> Rent a Ghost. Yeah. Um, at the end, and then you can't really see the others. Oh, I think there's somebody in a bowler hat. Um. Yes, there is. So. Yeah. So these will have been. She's been around a while doing this. Yeah. So these are Lily's husbands from 1896. Oh. So that's not even that old, really. That's not enough time for these. Well. um, Yeah. I I think these are definitely her ex-husbands. Maybe she moved them in once she built the house. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, I I don't know the um, scientific. Uh, reason for um, no. somebody to be able to oh it's a bit like Goldfinger though isn't it <laughs> it is yeah only real <laughs> gold not gold paint no uh, and um, I don't because in Goldfinger don't the women die when he paints the small of her back yeah that's the because bit which stops to, her didn't they have to um, be really careful when they did it in when they were filming that they they kept some of the uncovered or is that just like a I don't know I think in the film like it was when they painted the small of her background yeah. what stopped her body from what? being able to breathe yeah um so but whereas in this case it would have been I don't know the gold being covering over their boots or his pipe I don't know <laughs> um yeah yeah because in theory should have been able to breathe out of his pipe yeah <laughs> <laughs> you must have gilded the pipe as well. Um, but, I mean, she's gilded people with their hats. This one judge has got his book. Yeah. She's gilded someone's lasso by the looks of it. In the background, there's a cowboy one. Well, they look quite relaxed about being gilded, so it must have been very sudden. Yeah. Um, I'm not I'm not sure what... Because um, Walter, when you see him, he was not happy with being gilded. Well, no. So... But he's lost his hat as well. Where's his hat? He's not. Oh no, he lost his hat when he fell through the door. <laughs> They've not gilded his hat. No, they haven't. Um, he dropped it when he fell through oh, the yeah. wall. Oh yeah, says whoops. 
and fall yep. through, and, and it's just knocked off there. So and Aurora picks it up and bounces it on the end of her finger before the lights go out. Oh yes. So she must lose it. Nice debats. Yes. Yeah. Maybe it's one of the bumps or crashes. That I she just loses thought it. it was because he would look too ridiculous in a gold captain's hat. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Redford would never do that. I bet Robert Redford's got a captain's hat. Well, oh, he was in all his loss, but I don't think he was. I don't think he had a, a captain's hat in that. He just seems like the sort of person who's got one. He seems like the sort of person that if he was going uh, out for a nice stroll in the country, he would make sure he was fully outfitted for any... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He'd costume yeah. up for what he was doing so, on the day. So if he was going for a stroll in Canada, for example, he would have a proper like lumberjack on and like yeah. um, one of those hats with ear flaps. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and, and, and he'd probably take an axe out with him in trees. case he needed to yeah, jump down a tree. Yeah, and um, yeah, I see him in I see him in real life in a captain's hat. Oh yeah, he probably want, wears one around the house. Yeah, probably gets his uh, his house staff to call him Captain Redford. Yeah, and w- when he's gardening, he has a corduroy jacket <laughs> and gaiters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, sorry, <laughs> maybe I'm getting uh, too far into this, but I imagine him dressing up, walking outside, and then just like leaning against a spade, and then watching everyone else go on. Yeah, go on because it. he wouldn't do it himself. I mean, Robert yeah. Redford, he'd have people to do it. I tell you what, he looks like. I've realised what he looks like. Yeah. You know, um, what is it? Um, the Hubble thing. You know, it's a Gilmore. They do it in Gilmore Girls, don't they? And you go in Gilmore Girls. Lorelai goes up to someone and says, "No, it's not Gilmore Girls. It's Sex in the City." It's and he says, um, "Your girl's lovely, Hubble." What's that film? Hubble. Yeah, Hubble. But Redford's character's called Hubble. It's Barbara Streisand. What is it called? That film. He wears a polo and a like. Hang on, that. I am currently googling yeah, it. Really There's nothing worse than a podcast. Like the, the way we were. I'm apparently. Yeah. yeah, the way we were. Yeah. You are a coloured memory. <laughs> it's that one. That's what he looks okay. like in that last panel. He looks, looks like Hubble. Yeah. And the Sex and the City thing is, is when Mr. Big gets married. And it's yeah. not Harry. She goes. Looking at these, he does look a lot like Robert Redford. Yeah. As as I'm scrolling. Are you looking at pictures images? of the way we were? Yes. Yeah. Well, convenient. He has that. He has a coat on. Um, like a long trench coat and then a yeah. like a pole neck, which he probably still wears now. You know, if he's like um, maybe just going for a stroll for the newspaper and he has he goes for um, an espresso in yeah. uh, near a, you know, like somewhere like Harvard or somewhere like that, um, he'd have a, a quite a rigorous cable pole yeah. neck. Um, Do you like, well, sorry, I'm, I'm going to have to pause you. I have just discovered a picture of Robert Redford in the way we were wearing a captain's hat. Memories like the corners of my mind. So there we go. Well, we found that reference. Yep. <laughs> One down. <laughs> We've got Marlene Dietrich on the cover and Robert Redford. Yep. Now we need Walter. to work out. Uh, a long-standing question is, also, why is Tamarind Island called Tamarind Island? Oh, I don't know. I don't think yet... It, they don't even call it Tamarind on this in this issue, I don't think. This is the first time we see it. This later becomes their base. 
um, in future issues. And it's, it's called Tamarind Island, but they don't actually say where it is. What, uh, um, just as an aside, still talking hmm. about Robert Redford. <laughs> Go on. What movie did he wear those square glasses in? Was he uh, President's yeah. Men? I don't know. Um, possibly. I'm a bit obsessed uh, with where they've got all these references from. <laughs> he just saw it, yeah, he's totally Robert Redford. Um, he, in images I am looking at of <laughs> all the President's Men, he does not wear glasses. Oh, well, he wears them some, in something. He does stand next to Dustin Hoffman a lot. Well, who wouldn't? <laughs> well, it depends who you're asking, based on current news reports. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. I think that we may have covered this comic as much as we're able to. <laughs> and suggestions on a postcard to what Robert Redford would wear in everyday situations, such as gardening or watching his gardener's garden. He definitely wears a polo neck with a jacket to go to the corner shop. Do you think? Do you think he yeah. does? Don't he send somebody to the corner shop, though? Or maybe maybe sort of like, well, I know what he does. Bed and he's watching um, Ellen. Um, <laughs> right. That's how he gets his cultural references on a daily basis. And so yeah. obviously Jane Fonda's on there a lot and he likes her. So he's like in bed in his silk pajamas and they're like navy blue but with polka dots on. And then all of a sudden he thinks, <laughs> "Oh, I've run out of Oreos, and I'm I'm I, I need my sort of like bedtime Oreo." Yeah. So he puts his cat down. Um, because the cat's with him, and he's got like a, a like um, one of those long-haired like Bengals. But then instead of just like putting his slippers on and his and his um, anorak, he gets dressed, and that's when he wears his um, cable knit polo and his blazer and, yeah. and trousers. He might wear like a smart jean rather than. Um, Oh, he seems like a slacks, slacks person. Well, if he was going to a farm, word slacks. <laughs> if he was going to a farm for any reason, he would wear jeans and cowboy boots. Yeah, like in, um, oh, that's another film, isn't he, where he does um, the horse whisperer? Is he in that? Yeah. I don't. Know, I've not seen any. Of, I don't think I've seen a single film with Robert Redford in. Oh, you can't think seen of the way that. we were. Now you're going to have no. to watch the way we were. Now you know that Walter's based on. <laughs> <laughs> As long as in the way we were, at some point he turns into a gigantic furry Sasquatch. Yeah. And has a fight with yeah. the thing. So he definitely. Then, yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, when he goes to the corner shop, even at night, when he's gone to bed, he don't he don't just put his slippers on and, and knit round the corner like normal film stars would. Um, mm. He gets dressed. Yeah. And I think that's probably a very good note to end on. I think so too. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for coming on. Uh, oh, sorry. No, wait. Before we go, we need. I need to ask you if anybody wants to find you on the internet. Yes. Uh, where we, could they do that? And have you got anything that you'd like to plug? Um, nothing that I'd like to plug particularly. Oh, I do actually. I should say. Have you got um, novels my, available? My on two Amazon? novels are available on Amazon. <laughs> Um, my two novels uh, the first one was Coast to Coast which is about two friends who write letters to each other um, about their uh, friendship and their families um, and uh, the 
prequel, which was letters about university life and um, life trying to grow up and not really having the manual. Um, So that's uh, they're available on Amazon. Just search for Kate Dowling. Um, And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at wave at the train. Um, You may have heard me not realised that this is who I am. So uh, you you (laughs) might suddenly go, oh, oh, Um, that keeps talking about making concrete and having an allotment and um, not being able to find a literary agent. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, do, do uh, give me a follow on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, If anybody wants to find me, then I am Gareth A. Hopkins. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Gerthink, which is G-R-T-H-I-N-K. What have I got to plug at the moment? Um, Nothing, actually. Are you doing any um, comic cons? I'm not. I haven't got anything lined up. I'm not even doing Small Press Day this year because it's my mum's birthday. Um, Very inconvenient. No, it's just insanely inconvenient. (laughs) Um, I can't believe she'd do it to me. Uh, So, no. um, You mean she doesn't want to do that? She doesn't want to go to Small Press Day? Um, I mean, she would. But... Uh, no, I can actually, she wouldn't. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm currently working on two books and I've got some little projects on the side to do. And, um, but yeah, I was very busy last week with stuff because uh, I just finished my art show as well. Yes. At so my art show, the art show I was in, that's finished. So you, uh, you can call it your art show. I think yeah, screw it. I will. None, none yeah. of the people involved in it will listen to this. Yeah. So yeah, screw it. It's my art show, and uh, but that's finished now. So um, I've got to figure out what to do with the drawings I did for it. Um, if anybody wants them, let me know. Um, make an offer. Yes, uh, but uh, yeah, that's if, it, Robert, if Robert Redford is listening to this, we we mm. we're very sorry to have um, used to have accurately in- represented his life. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we put everything out so clearly. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but no, honestly, Robert, if you are listening, then you're welcome to buy my art and books. Um, I would. I think you'd love it. I see him as a, I see him as a, a abstract art lover. I see him as owning lots of abstract art. Yeah. Yeah. What he does is he puts his little captain's hat on, and he goes in his. Um, long gallery in his house and it's full yeah. of abstract art so like yours would just be alongside like picasso etc yeah i think he just sort of walked down the corridor and when when people come around for the first time he tells them how much he loves it while pointing and walking past i yeah. really love this i really With love pipe, this almost hmm. i get a great feeling off this one and just as he's walking past them all yeah 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 um yeah okay <laughs> Thank you very much for You're coming welcome. on, Kate. Um, and yes, uh, it, to all my listeners out there, all the handful of you, uh, thank you so much for carrying on listening. And I hope to have you listen to me again on the future episode of Not the Podcast. Where